In a world full of distractions, there is one big question on every dog owner's lips. How do I become more than just the person holding the other end of the leash? We all get dogs with a dream in mind, a vision of the future. And if right now your everyday reality isn't quite that picture you had in mind, you are in the right place. It really doesn't have to be this way. You absolutely can and will be more to your dog than just the person who gets in between them and the world. The key is you need to be more sexy. More sexy than the neighbourhood cats. More sexy than the jogger in the park. More sexy than that half-eaten hamburger they just found on the floor. And yes, even more sexy than the dog across the road. I'm Tom. And I'm Lauren. Together Together we're we're Absolute Absolute Dogs. Dogs. And you're listening to the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast. Welcome to the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast, the podcast that teaches you how to transform your dog's behaviour through games. Games! Now, the thing is... Tom, we've worked with naughty but nice dogs or dogs that we know as naughty yeah. but nice dogs for a long, long time. So yes. what I consider with a naughty but nice dog or uh, to be a naughty but nice dog, dogs that maybe are worried, anxious, overexcited, overaroused, yeah. lungy, barky. Maybe they are generally uh, distracted. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. they find it difficult to leave the other dog in the park alone or maybe they find it difficult just to not bark all the time and find themselves involved in other people's business. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is that we're very, you know, vocal about these dogs and we talk a lot about them because the the problem is is that when you own one of these dogs often you you can make yourself vulnerable put yourself out there and say I need help but the help that you get can be far from what you need and also then when that help does not get you the outcome that you would expect, then you get told that it's your dog's fault, that there is no hope, that it's because they're a certain breed, because they're a certain age. And the reality is that just isn't the case. The reality is that there is hope. You're exactly the owner you need to be. Your dog is exactly the dog that they need to be, age, breed and everything. And you can achieve transformation. Now, when we talk about transformation, I think that some people imagine that their dog might go from lunging and barking and biting and doing whatever else, naughty, Mm. Uh, behavior input here uh, to angelic hero walking on lead like in like literally the best behaved dog you've ever imagined in maybe the click of a finger <laughs> now let's be honest I remember teaching at a, um, a school in um, the UK and I remember a brilliant um, I suppose mentor of mine saying Lauren the thing is you've got to catch them doing mm. something right you're teaching 15 year old boys here yep. you need to be a bit aware and at the time I was in my um, I was I was like 21 maybe 22 and I remember thinking thinking, why have I got a catchman doing something right? Seriously, I was never at school and had to be caught doing right things. I, I would just do the right thing. Now, the thing is, at that sort of age and stage and, and whatever they're going through, naughty but nice dogs, naughty but nice people, you know what? You, you sometimes have to look yeah. for it. You have to keep your eyes peeled, right? Yeah, because absolutely. these transformations, they are going to happen. They are going to work. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, we've got to look for them. We've got to catch them doing something right. Absolutely. So I love that statement. And and with that, you know, to then go go kind of the next step from that, actually when we catch them doing something right we should celebrate it say oh my goodness these games work that is amazing and then we must be careful not to make that an expectation because we see a lot of people where they say to us it's just not working um and then we then then they say to us oh my goodness uh, 
sorry, take it back. Um, they just gave me beautiful eye contact a few times on a on a walk in the face of other dogs being there. And we're like, oh my goodness, that's amazing. And then the next day, it's just not working. I went back to the park and they didn't do it. But yesterday, it wasn't even, uh, you didn't even know it was possible that they could do it. And I think sometimes as humans, what we find ourselves doing is we have a moment of celebration and then we're like, right, that's the new normal. That's how it is from now on. And then we're disappointed when actually we realize we're working with um, an animal that just like us can have varying moods and has a bucket that may be empty full or half full. Has good days, has bad days. And you know what? We've got to kind of rock and roll with it. Yeah, absolutely. And the secret to you really achieving this journey, which is having, you know, going from a very stressful relationship with your dog to a very stress-free relationship with your dog is actually having some... um, I guess some good habits in yourself. And the first one is catch them doing something right, notice it and celebrate it. And then secondly, don't make your wins of today expectations of tomorrow because that's not going to create, you know, a, a even a medium term progress because you're just going to be in a state of constantly being disappointed. Um, and actually your dogs are doing amazing things each and every day and so are you. So with that in mind, I think it'd be really cool, Tom, I don't know about you, but maybe just to invite one of our naughty but nice heroes to speak about this, because you know what, we can talk about it till we're blue in the face. Actually, wouldn't it be cool to hear from them directly, right? Absolutely. So yeah, let's hear from an NBN hero. Hit the gum. Hey, lovely people. I'm Carrie. I live in Midwells with my dogs and my cats and my pony and my family. I want to talk to you about Oberon, my NBN dog and what he was like and what he's like now. When I got him at 11 weeks old, and it was an impulsive thing to do because his story was so sad, he was an incredibly anxious little dog. I was his third home, his previous owners couldn't cope with him. And he was anxious about everything. Going for a walk would make him cry, make him whine, make him bark. Being away from me meant that he had severe separation anxiety, which meant more crying, more whining, more howling. It was heartbreaking. Even something like the cat brushing her tail against him would send him into a screaming meltdown. I was completely and utterly exhausted and desperate because I really thought I'd done the wrong thing to bring him into my pack. However, I forged ahead with the Absolute Dog Games and... We did loads and loads of work on optimism, independence and anything that would help his disengagement, particularly his disengagement from me. He was a star learner, I have to say. It wasn't easy, but it was worth it because now I have a dog who is absolutely my dream dog, 100% unfazed by whatever life presents him, greets life full on with joy loves everything that we do and bounces into life every single day with a huge smile on his face. I love him to bits. I adore him. There is nothing about him that I would change. And that is a far cry from that tiny little puppy that I got who made me cry every day. AD rocks and Oberon rocks. It can feel very lonely. You can feel like you're alone. You can feel like actually 
there's no hope because I nobody's been in this situation before. It's very isolating. Yeah. And I know the Midnight Walkers. We, mm-hmm. We've met the Midnight Walkers. In fact, I've been a Midnight Walker. Mm-hmm. And we absolutely know when you feel like you're not able to be, I don't know, whatever normal is, yeah. right? Like you feel that you're the only person to have experienced this. And some days you may even wish you didn't even have this dog because mm-hmm. actually they've changed your life in a way that you just didn't plan it to be changed. And, and there's a level of guilt there. And the reality is, that that guilt should be, I don't know, what is the emotion that's opposite of guilt? Pride, right? Because actually you should be proud that you are exactly the owner that you need to be for your dog right now, right? We're a big believer in this, that yeah, we, we have a dog in mind and a dream in mind when we get a dog, but we don't get the dog that we want. We get the dog that we need and they send, they come with many, many lessons that they teach us. And those lessons, they have an impact on how we interact with dogs, but they also actually have an impact on how we go through our lives and, and, and make choices through our lives. And they, they have gifts that they, that they come along with and, They don't feel like gifts when they're delivering them. We know. But the reality is that I'm sure each and every one of you listening can look back on your time so far of owning a naughty but nice dog. And you can think, actually, yeah, they taught me a lot. It wasn't the journey that I thought I was going to go on. And yet it's the journey that I wouldn't replace with any other journey. And I think that's the big thing that you guys um, need to, uh, for sure, like shake it up and realize that this is a very special journey. Like we're privileged to go along with this journey. So anyway, we're going to make sure you hear from some more Naughty yeah. But Nice heroes. And Nelly's is the sound effect. I'm going to behave myself on that one. Uh, but we're going to make sure you hear from a few more of our heroes because you know what? There are so many out there. We had to, we struggled to choose, right, yeah. Tom? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, should we, should we hear Oh, go on. Let's hear one more. Before the games, owning a dog like Bertie was quite difficult. Um, We knew from a young age that he had struggles with confidence and he would struggle going out in the dark. He'd struggle with strangers, traffic. Um, There were a lot of things that affected his daily life and I knew I needed to help him, but I just didn't know how. But since playing the games, it's just totally transformed our lives. I now know how to help him and he has transformed with the games and he is an incredible dog enjoying life. Um, I love introducing him to new games because they have helped and I know that they will help shape his future and he is just so much more optimistic and so am I. I feel like I can walk down the street with him like Laura Croft <laughs> strutting my stuff and if we do see a struggle um, he looks at me and we face it together. We're a team and life is just so much more optimistic. Um, so welcoming absolute dogs into our lives is just one of the best things we've ever done and um, the support from everyone not just Tom and Lauren is just makes it just an incredible and uplifting place to be you're never alone with anything and my outlook on life and owning a dog has just transformed and so I want to say a huge thank you to everyone involved in this wonderful community our lives would just be so much more different 
um, and I'm just sending a huge, huge thank you. It's just wonderful. Really what we want you to have absolute certainty about is that there is hope and the it's not the hope is not brought about through various use of force and aversives and intimidation or and you don't else. need to resort to visiting that trainer who says they can fix it with one special tool and you know what that that's just not the way we need to no. go with our dogs no absolutely so Let's turn our attention to what is it that we should think about when it comes to our naughty but nice dogs. And I'd say, you know, if we were to, there are many ways that we could approach this, but I think what might be useful is actually to think about one end of the leash and then the other end of the leash. And let's start with, let's start with your end, the human end first, because I know um, what it felt like as a naughty but nice owner I'm sure Lauren can relate to this is that you you you're leaving the house and it's kind of like a bit of a military operation and you're actually already tense before you've even left the house and then you're in a state of anticipation of what you're going to see just as much as your dog is and then the thing happens and you both freak out and panic and you both kind of try and cope the best way you can and it's all a bit chaotic now a tip for that would be before you even leave the house before, you know, you, you go for another walk or you go to another class or whatever it might be, create your if-then scenarios. So have firmly in your head and write them down. If this happens, then I do this. If my dog sees another dog, then I am going to. If another dog runs over to my dog, my strategy is. And so you've kind of already said out loud, if someone tries to have a conversation with me and I'm working on this with my dog, this is my response. Yeah. So you've actually pre sort of framed all of your session and all of what you're doing. So at no point are you left feeling uncomfortable mm. like Tom is currently balancing on his chair that's broken. <laughs> to bits. Too funny. Um, so if you've got these if then scenarios, then you're going to be winning. The second thing that that we definitely um, we, we definitely definitely advise you do is that you look after your own bucket yeah you you look after your own mental state and if that means doing things without your dog yeah if you make your whole world your dog and then you have a day where things aren't quite going to plan that's a difficult thing to cope with if we have not got some coping strategies that are outside of interactions with your dog. So that might be go for a walk without your dog. That might be run yourself a hot bath. That might be um, read a book that is not about dogs, even though we all want to. And the key is that actually you top up your own energy bank that way. And I think it's really important that we acknowledge you as part of this journey and a very important part of this journey. Your dog cannot do it without you. So absolutely, that is a really, really, really important factor. Okay, so when we're talking about these heroes, Tom, mm -hmm. like these are real life scenarios, yeah. real life students. They've been through the games. They've yeah. been through um, the struggles. They've come yeah. out the other end. Absolutely. I, I think we should hear from one more. Should I we do. hear from one more? Hi, I'm Debbie. And this is my naughty but nice boy, Marley. He's an American Cocker Spaniel, and he'll be three years old next month. When he was going through adolescence, he started having a lot of undesirable behaviors like pulling on the lead, excessive barking, reactivity to noise and other dogs. And even though we had had previous trainers, we weren't getting the results that we wanted and our last trainer wanted me to use a choke chain that I felt I just couldn't do it. I tried, but every time I used it, I felt like it was hurting our relationship, and that really worried me. 
So I went online and started looking for another way. And I found it with Absolute Dogs. I fell in love with their style of training. Using kindness, love, and trust is what I always believed was the right way to do dog training. So we started learning games. Three-minute games we play several times a day. We build concepts. And the ones he struggles with the most were calmness, disengagement, focus, proximity, and optimism. So little by little, his behavior has changed. And we have a much calmer household since games. Boundary games have pretty much made our life so much easier. I can cut my husband's hair, load the dishwasher, vacuum, and he will stay on there. And it keeps him out of trouble. So when we walk... We have good loose leash walking now. He used to be obsessed with lizards. He would totally become deaf and not listen. And he said lizards are more important. But since games, we can walk. He doesn't almost pull my arm out of the socket anymore when he sees them. He'll look at them, consider it, and say, eh, none of my business, and keeps on going. He sleeps through fireworks and thunder now. And... He's not afraid of sirens anymore. So thank you, Absolute Dogs, for everything. We enjoy this journey so much together, and I can't wait to see where it takes us. And the cool thing is, is that, you know, whether it be that they they, they achieved this within the course of, let's say, the Naughty But Nice boot camps that, that they did, that program um, that they did with us, or whether it be actually that they learned tools in that program that meant that the lives that they're living maybe came a little bit after that. The point is, is as humans, you know, thinking about that human end of the leash, there's nothing worse than not knowing what to do. And actually, when you know what to do, you feel that that kind of frustration or that guilt or that feeling of helplessness goes. And instead, you've got a, a you know, a, I'm doing this today. This is how I'm going to move forward today. This is what I am going to implement. Now, turning to the other end of the leash, what do we need to think about? And you know, I'd, I'd say we probably need to boil it down to really three focus areas when thinking about naughty but nice dogs. That's whether we're thinking about dogs that are unpredictable with other dogs or predictably bad. Um, I'm not sure which which you prefer there. Um, dogs that are worried about noises, separation anxiety, dogs that are just generally distracted and, and not that engaged with, with their owners. Dogs that are maybe a little bit generally, I would say, anxious or dogs that are generally um, just plain difficult to train. People yeah. might say they're stubborn or obnoxious even. I remember a friend of mine the other day said he's just plain rude. Um, and I actually could see exactly what she meant and also understood her dog's frustrations too. Yeah. It, was, it was exactly what she said. She was like, he's just plain rude. <laughs> Did make me chuckle. That's funny. Uh, and so, um, really, the the three focus areas that we'd be thinking about that you, you're kind of topping up, you're considering each and every day. First is growing an optimist. And I think the gift of optimism is the greatest gift you can give both your dog yeah. and yourself. You know what? Optimism is something that you permanently be focusing on and really desperately trying to uh, make an area of growth there. Yeah, absolutely. And when you grow an optimist, the way that we want you to think about this is you're making your dog resilient to what the world might throw at them. You cannot predict what the world is going to throw at your dog. You do not know what is around the corner, right? Um, and the, you know, there's no better example of that than that story that you've probably heard me say before where I went around a corner and there was a camel 
in Devon, a camel. How does that happen? It was just such a weird scenario. And very recently, actually, I know that you're going to not believe me on this one. It wasn't like anything you can do. I can do better. But I was training at a center in um, in uh, where we were over in Ipswich. And I went into the field and there were two camels. And I was like, really? Like, this what? is just where not like this is just not from? a thing. And the lady was like, oh, just, um, just mind the fence there because we're just about to bring the camels in. I was like, really? Like, and then along came two peacocks with the camels. Wow. So you know what? I just think, Tom, so you never know you when it's going to spring know. up. Right. What novelty you're going to encounter. And by giving your dog this gift of optimism, you actually prepare them for the things that you don't even know you've I got remember, to prepare um, them for. I remember walking, Tom, in uh, Woodbury Common, which is, uh, for anyone who knows it, shout out to anyone in Exeter, Exmouth and all of those areas. And I was walking in Woodbury Common. And I remember walking and um, you know when you sometimes feel like something's watching you or someone's mm. around. And I remember walking through this like woodland area and all of a sudden about 500 men jumped up in army gear and they were doing some sort of like mm. hideout prep. And I remember being with my dog being like, dear Lord, what the hell just happened? and I was completely and utterly freaked out mm. and my dog was pretty cool with it these are the sorts of things yeah. that you just never quite know now there are the extremes like that and then there's also the barn owl that makes a noise in the field at night mm. that you just hadn't heard before or yep. there's the, the blackbird that lands something in your garden yeah. maybe good maybe bad the, the and, dog that comes around the corner yeah just something you a, a, a push chair a pram a, a child that's making a different noise got a zoomy toy or mm. there's so many different things and we don't necessarily um, consider them as, as different and yet for our dog they might be pretty catastrophic. Absolutely. And then the second focus area that we'll be thinking about is always looking after your dog's bucket. And that when we thing... think about bucket, we think about your dog's bucket, but also your bucket, yeah. right? Like both that buckets. That you both share. And so your dog's going through life with a walking around with a bucket, exciting things paying to the bucket, scary things paying to the bucket. At some point, that bucket is going to overflow. And so slosh, what, slosh, we, slosh. what we think about is Sorry, I a, can't dog help the noises. That, that, <laughs> a dog that you can if you can grow their bucket through games if you can make the hole in the bottom of the bucket bigger through games if you can make that bucket a little bit just generally more empty by inspiring calmness if you could sing the song there's a hole in my bucket tom no <laughs> the thing is when we talk about and um, there's a hole in my bucket the, the thing is you want to create that so that hole might be like we talked about earlier looking after yourself mm. things like reading a book or um, and one that doesn't relate to dogs or taking a bath mm. or having a candle on for your dog it might be chewing a kong or having a calm mat with their supplement in it or it might be something like I don't know doing a little fitness session with triple F that's our fitness program it could be so many mm. things that are emptying that bucket yeah. And equally, you can then think about what situations you put your dog in. Maybe we want to avoid certain ones that might be bucket filling. For example, walking past a neighbor's house where the dog lunges and barks and races at the fence, maybe taking them to an agility trial or event or a competition or maybe even just training. Maybe it's don't take them into the vets. How about asking the vet if they could see you in the car park? Because actually your dog finds the waiting room with lots of other dogs and maybe that budgie a little bit too much for their bucket that day. Or maybe it is actually let's not um, let's not do something vet work every day let's actually take a break from it there's there's lots of things you can do and decide how you might map it out to try and um, enable your dog to have a, a less full bucket yeah absolutely and then thirdly the third focus that we've got to think about is okay the bucket overflows do you have the dog who then says that is my business i'm gonna bark i'm gonna lunge i'm gonna run up to them i am not happy or do you have the dog that says i'm worried about that over there or i'm very excited about that over there 
but it's none of my business. And I think here's worth explaining Ketone, Tom, because mm. Tom has a lovely, lovely little dog. Her name is Ketone, yeah. and she's a super sweet little princess. However, when we first had Ketone, and she was around Tom's dogs, my dogs, didn't mm. really matter whose dogs, she had a slight disengagement she problem. Would, she, if, if there was another dog in the vicinity, she would just almost, she could not help herself. She was compelled to do it. She would go and she would sniff their mouth and lick their mouth, and she would hover around their face and of course that didn't go down well with really any other dog that's not an appropriate way to behave she could not disengage from their head and you've probably you, you might be listening and you might have experienced this or you might own one of these dogs where they have to go and visit they have to go and visit the person they have to go and visit the dog and so disengagement became important for her not because she was worried about things and then couldn't disengage but actually because by her not disengaging with things or being unable to, she was putting herself in situations where it was likely going to lead to something she bad. She was very, very vulnerable while mm. sat under another dog and trying to lick and sniff and be around their face without mm. giving them any space because at some point they were going to tell her to bog off. Mm. And often dogs don't necessarily know where to stop with that. Yeah. So they don't know how to disengage either. Um, and so Absolutely. what we're saying is um, actually this is a, an amazing gift to, to mm -hmm. gift your dog. A dog who can actually say, oh, okay, that's going on over there. Hmm, none of my business. Wow. Like that absolute wowzers. Need. And if, if you're in doubt about where you need to be kind of focusing your time with your naughty but nice dog, these three areas, putting some input into each of those on a, on a daily basis, if you can, that's brilliant. Um, as well as guarding their optimism, guarding their bucket. It's like a formula for success, step-by-step -step formula for guaranteed success. You really cannot go wrong. Okay, so before we go, it seems only right that we leave you in the capable hands of one of our NBN heroes to tell you all about um, their experience. Um, but before that, we've got something that we want to share with you that we've prepared for you. We love to know that you are empowered, enabled, facilitated, yeah. whatever you want to call it. You are Lara Croft. You're sticking your chest out and you know what to do. You've got something to hand. So we want to gift you with this in mind. We want to make yeah. sure that you leave here not empty-handed but full like yeah. literally full and the cool thing is is that the thing that this gift that we're going to give you actually covers um, a little bit of what we've talked about and gives you some actionable steps and on the things I'd love you all to share this to share this podcast to share it with a friend a mother a sister a brother a lover a long-lost lover you know what we want this shared because this is a gift that when you give this to someone else the whole world world gets better at working with dogs. The whole world gets better at managing dogs. The whole world gets more understanding mm. of um, a naughty but nice dog. And the way that you can get your gift that we prepared for you, it's an amazing brand new ebook, is by going to absolutedogs.me forward slash nbne book. That's n-b-n-e-b-o-o-k. N for naughty, B for but N for nice. Was that what you yeah. said? Good. I was just checking. I was like, just when it sounded a bit eminent, I was N -B -N -E -B -O -O -K. like. N-B-N-E-B-O-O-K. Absolutedogs.me forward slash N-B-N ebook. There we go. And um, you'll be able to get the gift from us. So with that, guys, we're going to leave you with the next N-B-N hero. And you are going to hear all about their story. Hi, I'm Karen Falciani. And I am a proud owner of a naughty but nice dog who's been converted. <laughs> so before a game, Sasha could not do, Sasha couldn't even sit outside here. 
because she would be barking and jumping and screaming and running back and forth along that fence going crazy because there's so many people in our environment. Um, the front door was a disaster. And my husband worked from home and this dog just never stopped barking and everybody knew her. Everybody knew her in his work. It was awful. He was ready to divorce me or I get rid of this dog. So we were taking her to training and they were telling us to drag her and push her. And Mike's like, she's so tiny. We can't, we're going to hurt her. And then I came home. We were like, we're done. So I found Naughty But Nice just by chance on uh, the computer. They were doing this week class. I took the class. Sasha was doing all these games. She was having a great time. She was kind of hanging out with me. And I noticed like a, a teeny, just a teeny bit difference in, in her, what she was able to do. Then I got a badge and I started playing even more games and now I'm seeing more and more and bigger response. The people are coming to cut the grass and we can play games and she's hanging out and she's doing okay. She's not going crazy. And I could start to take little tiny walks. Not big walks, but little walks. Prior to that, she would just go flat. She couldn't even walk. She'd turn around and want to come back home. After games, today, I'm a pro dog trainer and guess who is my demo dog? Yes, Sasha comes with me and she is my demo dog and she is able to stay on boundaries. She can get off, do what I ask her to do, get back on. She handles all the dogs, handles all the puppies, handles even the people that are there. And we practice in a field and she can still handle it. So um, as far as walking, our biggest struggle, we just finished our first 3K walk. Yay! We're so excited. I could have never done that without games because I can do so many cool things on a walk. So after games, our life has really, really changed. And the coolest thing about games is that it opens up your eyes to all these wonderful possibilities that you can do with your dog. Your dog changes. It's like, wow, I think I could try this. Let me give it a try. And you do. And it's fantastic. So before games, I was probably getting a divorce. After games, I'm staying married. But Sasha and I want to say goodbye. And we are so happy we found games. Hey, before you go, have you taken part in the worldwide Sexier Than a Squirrel Challenge? It's a 25-day online video program. Huge energy, amazing community, and over 6,000 people are already taking part. The only question is, you know where you are today. Where do you want to be 25 days from now? Head to absolutedogs.me forward slash sexy.